Welcome to the 44th edition of the Wolves Women Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and tonight I'm joined by Jess. Hi, everyone. And Tom. Hi, everyone. Um, this is our sort of pre-Black Country Derby, or derbies, um, as there's two in four days pod. So we'll look forward to that shortly. But first of all, let's start with the last couple of games. Um, first of all, with the Watford game in the League Cup semi-final. Um Team, well, I think sort of the bigger change, obviously, from the team was the fact that Beth Roberts was missing because she was obviously cup tied. So the lineup was uh, Nina Wilson and Gar with Morph, Emma Cross, Tammy George, Jay Cross, H, Summer Holmes, uh, KJ, Ali Miller, Destiny Toussaint, and Beth Merrick in the team. I mean, it's probably Tom the strongest team we could have gone with with no Beth Roberts available, wasn't it? Yeah, with the injuries, what we've got. And obviously, you know, Beth not being available as well. Um, really, it was the strongest team available to Maka. Um, so, yeah. I suppose just the, the the big sort of confusion there was the fact that, or, or the sort of the talking point from that formation, obviously, with no Beth, he went, we still stuck with the four at the back, but put Jade as the right back and Ali up front. I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a strange one, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's a bit different. Obviously, Jade's used to playing a bit higher up, but I actually quite like Ali up top. I think she's quite decent. And I think when she's come on as a substitute, I actually think she's really good there. So I think I think they're both both players are good. And I think, you know, Jade Jade's been good all season wherever she's played. So to be honest, I don't think that's too much of an issue. I think Jade was really good and I think Ali is good in that position as well. Yeah. And definitely I mean I think Tom, I just wonder whether with no Beth available, whether it would have been better to revert back to the sort of the the, the old tried and tested three at the back and and gone with it sort of five in midfield, perhaps. Yeah, I think you know I think that's what he could have done. Um, to be fair, obviously you know, um, he brought Beth in so he could trans transition to a four at the back, um, as a natural left back. Um, but obviously you know with her not available. Maybe that's something what he could have done and possibly I would have put Jade up front as well um, because, you know, as we've seen in the game, um, you know, a number of times that, you know, the ball was losing shit with her pace as well to close them down much quicker. But, um, yeah, it, it, listen, you know, he could have changed tactics, could have played with that, but, you know, it, who knows whether he'd have come up, got, got the win or not. But, you know, who knows? It's what if now, isn't it? It is what if. I mean, that first half was was disappointing. Um, I think everyone admits that it was disappointing we weren't good enough in that first half. Um obviously Tom, you were there with me. It, it just what it they just weren't out of the races, were they? That's you know, that's no point in beating around the bush, is there? No, there wasn't. Uh, that first half, you know, it just wasn't good enough. You know, Watford was, you know, the better team. Um, you know, there was quite a chance in the um, but I think, you know, we're going to take an off in a bit. But, you know, for, on the first half performance, you know, it was very poor for, for, for our standards, really. Mm. And obviously Watford got two goals in that first half and that was that was it for the game. I mean, we'll come on to the goal specifically, specifically the first goal and second. But we just didn't seem to have the, that final touch in, of clinical edge in that in the final third, did we, Jess, in that whole game? Jess, you froze. Oh, no, and I think... Everyone's been, you know, players, managers. They've all, they've all been forthcoming in the past. So go on, Jess. It, it froze on slightly there. Yeah, I think everyone's been forthcoming in the fact that the first half performance wasn't good enough. You know, we've had, we've had quite a few injuries with with forward playing people, and I think, you know, when when teams are going to take their chances and they they're going to capitalise on your mistakes, and that's what's going to happen, and that's what Watford did, and I think, you know. Credit to them for doing that. You know, that's that's what every team does and that's what we've done so many times this season. But I think everyone admits that they weren't good enough in the first half and ultimately that's what's going to happen when when you're not at the races, people are going to take advantage of that. Yeah, I think, as you said, Jess, Jess everyone did take, take a sort of bit of ownership, haven't they? I mean, we saw Macca's really sort of, hand, you know, sort of hands-up response. He could have blamed the ref, the pitch. I mean, it's just one hell of a slope on that pitch. He could have blamed the referee for a couple of the decisions. But he didn't. He just stuck his hands up and said it was my fault. My fault. Tom. I think that's really refreshing for manager, isn't it, Tom? Just to admit when they make a mistake. Yeah, as I say, you know, we we could have blamed the referee. You know, as some managers do, we blame the pitches. But you know, Macca owned his mistakes. Um, you know, he he sent them out. He changed things in that game. Um, 
you know, we sent him out with a game plan and it, and it didn't work. And, you know, he openly admit that in his interview. So, you know, fair play to him. You know, we know Macri gets more things right than he does wrong. So, yeah. you know, we, we move forward now and, you know, put, hopefully put that behind us. Yeah, and it was also a very sort of um, honest response and interview from Beth as well. I mean, I've I've said on this podcast before, uh, I could see Beth being captain for this club in the future. She's got that maturity and, and sort of leadership, and she feel you know she's a Wolves fan. We know she she bleeds for this club. Yeah, bleeds golden black for this club. But that response of you know sort of then taking the ownership and saying it wasn't Macca's fault that they weren't good enough on the pitch at the time. Yeah, they didn't follow, you know, didn't initiate his plan, Just, I mean, that's real ownership from a senior player, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that interview she did actually was fantastic. You know, she, I think they've both put their hands up and said, look, we weren't good enough. And I think Mac has put his hands up and said that he's, he did a few things wrong. And I think ultimately, I think Beth's probably allowed to say, you know, what we weren't good enough because at the end of the day, I don't think they were first half, but it takes a lot to put your hands up and say, yeah, no, we weren't good enough. And I think so many times this season, we've been used to being the better team. And I think ultimately, you know, one game, you, you're allowed to have your odd game, but I think the fact that she stood there and said, you know what, actually, and took credit for that and took took responsibility and, you know, obviously on behalf of the team, it's good to see that that they, they know their mistakes and they know that they weren't good enough. And, you know, her interview when she said that it's time to build on it this week and improve in training and hopefully that, well, we know we did they did that heading into the weekend. So, yeah, I think it was a really good interview for the fans to see as well, obviously. Yeah, no, completely. Well, we touched on it. There very briefly, Tom. Um, that first goal. Um, I mean, yeah. This, this, well, actually, let's just talk second goal first of all, Tom. It was poor defending, wasn't it? For for Wolves, we should have been. Yeah, we should have marked them out of that. You know, that set piece goal for the second one. Yeah, you know, and it's something that you know early on in the season we were struggling with as well. But mm-hmm. in recent weeks, you know, we seem to have dealt with them. Um, but going into what forget is again set pieces and. Yeah, the marking's got to be better. You know, we can't be giving chances like that away because, you know, ultimately against teams like Watford, who, you know, got championship quality players who, who you know, are looking to get back there. They're going to take chances like that. You know, you, you cannot give teams opportunities like that. So marking's got to be better. And, you know, we, we've got to focus really on defending at set pieces because, you know, that's where recently our goals have been coming from. Yeah, completely. So the first goal that I think, I mean, both myself and Tom were stood in line with the penalty area. Jess, you've seen the video of it, which was in line with as well with roughly where we were stood. Um, Jess, your view, was there a foul in the build-up to that goal? I think it's been interesting, you know, the, the difference in opinions over social media over the last the last couple of weeks. You know, people have said it was, people have said it wasn't. I think for me, I can see, you know, she took Summer out and I think ultimately I think it was a foul but so many people have agreed with it and I think you know the fact that so many rival fans have agreed with it personally I do think I do think it was a foul and I don't think the goal should have stood but at the end of the day do were they going to capitalise at some point anyway you know our first half performance could they have was it just a matter of that was their opportunity could they have had an opportunity elsewhere but from the officiating and I think that decision in itself I do think it's, it's a bit disappointing for us because had that goal not have stood it could have it could have been a very different game, you know. One nil is completely different to two nil, you know, obviously. So I think it's disappointing, but you know, one decision they could have took it elsewhere. But yeah, I think personally, I think it was a foul. Tom, I know your views because you were jumping up and down beside me um, at the time. It, it your view was very much that it was a, a foul. Um, I suppose one of the things that we were noticing was the consistency of refereeing during that match it wasn't necessarily that the referee the you know the referee what basically wasn't managing the game properly was they let's be let's no, not beat around the bush no um you know the referees i mean we've had some poor referees this season in, in bfa right now and you know it's just shocking you know at the end of the day but just talk about the goal first Hmm. It's a clear blatant goal, um, clear blatant foul, sorry, on Summer Holmes. The, the Lino is standing in front of us. He can see it. He's got to see it. We can see it. He's got to see it. Hmm. You know, it's just poor officiating. The referee was inconsistent all game. Hmm. You know, we've got the Lino who's, to be fair, was struggling to keep up with play. He, he couldn't keep up with the case. And when he did, he, you know, he, he didn't get the decisions right. 
it's just awful and we should not be getting this kind of officiating at tier three. You wouldn't have it at tier three in the men's football. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I looked, is a level four referee for mm-hmm. a, a semi final of a which is a major cup, it's a league cup. Which is a semi final of the league cup. We've got a level four referee. Yet in the county cup, we've got a level three referee. How does that work? I, I, can't, I can't answer that one, Tom. I'll be honest with you. I mean, just it was really, and I'll come dive back into the decision in a second. I was at a, a, a tier six game on Sunday with the chair of my village, uh, Genius Football Club. Um, and it's the first time he'd been to a game that level. And there was a proper crunching challenge. It wasn't even necessarily a crunching challenge. It was a late challenge. And he sort of was, oh, that's a booking. And the ref just sort of gave a free kick. And he just looked at me and went, and I said to him, they don't give bookings at this level. They For or women's football. It is, I think the decision-making by certain refs is really poor at times um, in the game. I think, I mean, I think the two, the two sort of really did it for me on this in this particular game was we had a free kick where the ref pushed, uh, I can't remember who was taking it, but told him to take it from sort of two metres further back than where it was. We hadn't even tried to gain yards. He told it to put it back. And then there was another one, there was another instance where we were fouled in, and then the ball broke to Watford. We nudged, and it was Tammy was pretty much taken flat out. We got the, they, Watford got the ball. We tripped them. Not particularly far at foul, and they got the free kick. And I was—I mean, I was stood with Mark Rose from Watford, who we had on last podcast, and he was looking at me, going, "You should have had the free kick already. It's your free kick." Uh, I think so. There were so many of those decisions that were were not getting across the game. I mean, personally, just I don't know what you think, and this, I'll open this to you. Is there needs to be more investment in the whole game, including the referees? We need better standards of refereeing, and they need the training and, and support as well. Absolutely. And we've said this so many times, not just at our stand, but at the top. Unfortunately, the game's progressed much quicker than the level of refereeing has. And I think, you know, that's not necessarily all their fault. You know, if there's no investment there, then then they can't particularly help that. But part-time refereeing in professional leagues is is never, never good. And I think when that just filters down into our leagues and that impacts us, and I think forget investing in technology, goal line technology and all that, if the referees and the lines people can't keep up with the rate of play, then you're never going to develop the game. And I think from the top, money needs to be spent in officiating because on the whole in women's football, it's not great. I think there's there's decisions that have been made in WSL and international games that are questionable. So I think when you get to our level, obviously, it's not going to be good. But I think it also, you know, the it's improved so much from like in tier three overall the game. But I think refereeing just... And I don't think it is... To necessarily all their fault because obviously there's no help and investment then they're not going to improve but I think on the whole the game just needs so much more investment in officiating because it's never ever going to get better Go on Tom Yeah I agree with what Jess just says there about you know refereeing standards but also you know what we found out what what we found out this week about linesmen and you know certain linesmen at that level not having to do fitness tests. You know, if these lionels cannot keep up with a game of play I and mean, never have to do a fitness test, that's wrong. Because, you know, this is tier three of women's football. You know, in tier three of men's football, which is League One, every match official lionel has to go through a mandatory yearly fitness test. So why is why are we in tier three of women's football having referees and lionels who are running the line yet can't keep up with play and never have to do a fitness test. You know, they've got to change it. The FA have got to look into it. The referees at this level are just not good and not good enough and not up for standards. And they need to invest in refereeing in women's football as a whole. Completely. Uh, completely agree. And I think, I mean, we, we've acknowledged that, you know, that we weren't good enough, but it doesn't help games when you have, when they stop starts and the referees are making bad decisions and that's across the board. And as Mac said, you know, it's not a defence for our, our defeat. Yeah, it's one of those things. But the game has got to invest in its women, in its referees for the women's game. Otherwise, it's going to become a, a bit, you know, it's going to really start to impact the level of the game. We've got clubs who are investing a lot of money, uh, you know, to get, to, to get into the championship, et cetera, at this level. And if that's, we're getting 
referees that are not up to that standard as well because they're not getting the support from the FA, then that's not going to impact the whole game as a whole and it's not going to grow the game. And if we're going to grow the game, we need to grow the whole game, not just the play, not just the playing, but the uh, the refereeing as well. But hey, soapbox done. Um, let's move on to Sunday's game. It was a, a much better game. It was filed. Uh, we were away at filed. Um, Blackpool or that neck of the woods, the filed coast in uh, in March is a lovely time of year rather than the meet. Um, um, and we, um, were, there's a bit of a change to the lineup. Uh, I'll just quickly run through it. Obviously, um, Beth Roberts returned to the team, but it was uh, Shannon Goal, Laura Cooper, uh, Anna Morfitt, Anna Price. Emma Cross, Tammy George, Jade Cross, Summer Holmes, Destiny Toussaint, Beth Roberts and Beth Merrick. Uh, and I mean, I think let's just start very much first and foremost with Perks. Uh, she is now the joint record appearance holder with 348 appearances. And realistically, you'd expect by the end of this week to to be the record holder, with, uh, yeah, if not on 349, but possibly even on 350. Um, Jess, I'm going to turn to you as the, the female on this pod. What a role model is she to you um, with everything she's done for this club? She's fantastic. I think, you know, not just now, but for so many years, you know, years ago when I first started following her, she was she was the one. She was the face on the on the kit launches and everything with the men's team. And I think she's such a role model. When you when you learn more about the women's team, you see why, you know, she's such a lovely person and so deserving. She's such a fantastic player, you know. Years and years later, she's still putting in performances that that are worthy of starting position, you know, which is what she got at the weekend. She's fantastic and she's such a good player and she's such a, not only a role model for the fans, but I can imagine she's a role model for the girls that are coming up, you know, the younger girls we're seeing from the reserves and the under 16 starting to train with the first team. I can imagine she's a real good person to be around because she's such a lovely person and yeah, so deserving to get, hopefully get, you know, beat her. I'm sure she'll beat the record by the end of this week, but she's, she's such a good player and I do hope it continues for the rest of this season and hopefully for some more to come. No, definitely. And Tom, I mean, she is a, a rock in the team, isn't she? I know she doesn't play that as much as she'd probably like, but you know what you're going to get off her when she steps onto that pitch, don't you? Yeah, without a doubt. And to me, she's like the Connor Cody of, yeah. the, of a men's team, or as was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, you know, even if she's on the bench, you know, she's always there encouraging her teammates, you know, her voice in the dressing room, you know, on the training field. So even though, you know, she don't play as much as she used to on the field, you know, she's still got a massive influence over the club. And, you know, she, she she's just brilliant. And she she's a role model to any young Wolves fan who, you know, wants to get into the women's game. So, you know, hopefully, you know, by the end of the week, she could be on 350 and it'll be well-deserved as well. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, in the game, obviously, there's sort of four changes. Uh, Shan, obviously, in goals, we noted Beth back from being cup-tied. The other two were Perks, as just mentioned, in for H in midfield, and Coops in for KJ as well. So a bit of change around, a bit of freshen up the legs there. Uh, and we ran out four one winners. Uh, I mean, let's just... Jess, Beth's goal, Beth Merrick got two goals. Uh, just, she's on when she's on fire, she's absolutely unpli- unstoppable, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. And she clearly meant every single word she said in that interview after Watford that they'd come back fighting next week and that's exactly what she did. Mm. The goal was fantastic. She's just a brilliant player and so deserving of, of getting some goals because she's so good week in, week out. And she's I'm sure she'll be so proud and so happy because I think she is her biggest critic sometimes. You know, she's really hard on herself when, when things aren't going necessarily how she wants them to be. But, you know, for her to get two goals, it's fantastic. And I hope that I hope that she realises how good she are how good she is because you know, going forward and in defence, she's been fantastic all season. So yeah, really deserving and beautiful goals as well. Yeah, and Tom, I mean, you were you were there. You braved the fired weather and the the rail replacement bus on the way home. Um, it it must have been a sort of cracking to see those in person, and then obviously destiny to get her third, get the third one as well in in the first half. Yeah, without a doubt, it's two great strikes from Beth as well, weren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, she's been in fantastic form and. You know, that second goal, she really did take it very well. And, you know, Destiny as well, getting on the score sheet. Um, you know, she got a shot away. And then, you know, he come back to her the second time where, you know, she put it in the back of the net. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're two great, important players for us. And, you know, especially Beth, you know, this year. You know, last year, I think, you know, her was a bit her biggest critic, wasn't she? Um, you know, she, she didn't get as much goals as she wanted to get. But, you know, this year she's been amongst it. And, you know, she, she's... a 
important guy, important player for us, and I hope that you know we can keep her going forward because you know other clubs will be sniffing around her. I think. No, definitely. Uh, and I mean, Tammy wrapped up the goal scoring with with the fourth goal very late on, Jess, but it's another Tammy sort of from outside the area. But yeah, I thought it was really sort of impressive how she burst through and sort of kept going with that goal, wasn't it? To, to get that goal. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I think that's not the first time this season, this season that she's done that. And it was another good finish, to be fair. I thought, thought all the goals on, on, um, on Sunday were decent. And I think, you know, She's another player that we can we can't speak highly enough of. She's another player I'm sure people will be trying to get um, at the end of this season. She's fantastic at Wolves, and I think you know that goal, like so many that she's scored already this season and last season, is is fantastic and a testament to how good she is. You know, she's she's such a good player and one of the best I've seen in the Wolves shirt in a very long time. Yeah, and and Tom, it did mean that it was our first league win up at Fylde in sort of many years. Um, I suppose the one criticism we could have, though, Tom, was were we ruthless enough? I mean, we've seen you know, obviously Forrest put twelve past them recently. We'd sort of galloped into a lead. We didn't, and we seemed to take our foot off the pedal. But is that a sort of fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, we created plenty of chances um, in that game, and I think you know it's just being clinical in front of goal, which you know in that first half we've done well. You know, straight away from the off, you know, you're getting me, you're getting one nil up. Um, you know, when the second one comes, when you're thinking this is a great opportunity to score more and more, but you know, I think you know you've got to give a bit of credit to Fylde because I think you know they they defended well. Um, but you know the, the numbers chances what we've we've got, you know, I think there was an opportunity there. I mean, it it could have been six or seven easy, and and that would have been a fair assessment of the game, in my opinion. But you know, you got to give some credit to Fylde, but I think you know. At times, it was a little bit wasteful with chance. We've 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 taken chances in front of goal, but all that matters is we've we've got ultimately got three points. So, yeah, and just I suppose we are missing Amber Hughes, who who's probably one of the best strikers in the division. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know it's good that goals can come from elsewhere in the pit, elsewhere on the pitch. But I think that being clinical, we have lacked that when she's not been here. I think we scored we scored goals fair enough, but I think her quality in the final third, not just not just scoring, but the creating that she that she offers. She's fantastic. And I think it'll be really good when she's back back into full fitness and back in the team because, you know, we are still within, which is fantastic and, and shows the quality that we've got in our team. But I think that final third, just not, not just the shots, but everything that she offers, I think I'm hoping that that will start to pick up again because, you know, when you're scoring four in a game, you know, that's still fantastic. But as Tom said, I think we could have been a bit more clinical. But, you know, as it is, it is what it is. And hopefully she's back. She's back as soon as possible, and I'm sure she'll she'll be back amongst the goals in no time. Yeah, and I think Tom certainly last time we saw her, which was at what I saw at Watford, she was at with out of the boots as well, so that's good. And I've caught up on the Mikey Burrows um, sort of Wolves Radio piece, which Macca was on today. It came out today uh, via Wolves Radio, uh, and Macca was saying how much support they're getting off the Wolves medical team for Amber. Um, giving injections and the support she needs, which I think is Tom. I think is is excellent, realistically, in this at this level. Yeah, it is. You know, you don't see many um, clubs at our level who get that support um, from the men's team with the medical staff. You know, I think we've seen many times um, this year when we've seen players um, in our level having to post online to get crowdfunding to fund their operations to fund their medical. So for Wolves to, you know, give them for her and integrate Wolves women as part of the whole team and, you know, in effect, you know, help them with their medical um, problems is, is amazing to see. And hopefully, you know, we are, we're going to be an example to the rest of, of women's football on, you know, and other teams following our um, footsteps. 100%, 100%. Brilliant. Well, that sort of brings us to the end of the last couple of games for the first game. We'll just pick up on a few other bits before we sort of deep dive into in the second part into the, the Black Country derbies. Um, the reserves they've played. They well, they had a Black Country derby in the League Cup uh, for the reserves, which whilst they drew two all in the game with Phoebe Hill and Amy Hare getting the goals, they lost five four on penalties. I mean, Jess, that must have been really tough for those girls to to go out on penalties in a semi final. I lost Jess. Yeah. Oh, Jess, we break. You're breaking up there. Oh, Tom, I'll let you just come in there. Oh, are you, are you back there, 
Jess, sorry. Yeah, no, I think it is obviously going to be disappointing and I'm sure I'm sure they're all gutted, but I think from the videos I've seen, they seem to play really well. You know, the goals they scored, they seem to be really, really good. And, you know, it's it's those fine margins, you know, losing on penalties. It's never nice, especially against your rivals. But, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll be they'll pick their heads up and they'll go again. You know, it, it's one it's one defeat and, you know, they've got to move on. But I think it will hurt. It's obviously gonna hurt, you know, losing in the cups of your rivals. But I think ultimately, you know, penalties, it's kind of the look of the draw and I think the goals that we scored, Phoebe Hill's goal was fantastic as well. So yeah, it's disappointing, and I know they'll be disappointed, but I'm sure, I'm sure it won't affect them in the long run. No, well, t- they were back out in action sort of at the weekend as well, and they beat Loughborough in the league four three, with Beth Grady, Millie Webb, Daisy Wickett, and Erin Griffiths getting on the score sheets as well. So that was a a good one. Um, and they've got Derby County coming up this weekend as well in the reserves league. We said goodbye to a player this t- this time, and I know it was sort of. Um, wasn't immediately clear, but it became clear shortly afterwards that depart that she was departing for, due to work commitments elsewhere. She was moving away from the area, but we said goodbye to Maz Taho. Um, real shame to see her go because I think whilst she'd only been at the club seven months and scored four goals, she was really contributing something to the team, wasn't she, Tom? Yeah, she was. I think you know we spoke about it after the Loughborough game. You know, and she come on and you know her hold up play and you know she gave something different. Um, to what we didn't have already. Um, so it's a shame to see her go and, you know, I wish her all the best on, on whichever club that she, she ends up in the future. And I think, Jess, the key is that she does, you know, she will almost, she needs to be, end up at another club, isn't she, and get playing because she is a quality player. Yeah, I have no doubt that she will. She was fantastic and I agree with what Tom said. She offered us something a little bit different, you know, when, when she was just called the trialist at that Ipswich game, everyone was like, oh, she she seems decent. And, and she was, I thought she was quite physical and she she always battled really well. And I think it's disappointing. I'm sure she wanted a little bit more game time, but I think when she came on, she was fantastic. So yeah, we wish her all the best. You know, I'm, I'm sure she'll, she'll find a new club and be fantastic for them like she was for us. Yeah, definitely. And we had a really tight February Player of the Month contest as well. It was real sort of uh, we were really sort of watching it with interest seeing which way it would go but in the end Jess uh, Jade Cross ran out um, winner I mean it's a it's a deserved win isn't it really absolutely I'm so happy for Jade you know she's she's been, been fantastic for so many years you know I mean when we were in tier four she was fantastic you know absolutely cruised that league and then we came up we signed so many players in her positions and, and she's not given up she's fought really hard and she's fought for her place back and so deserved, you know. She's she's got a few goals to her name now over the last couple of weeks, and you know, I don't honestly, I don't think there's a more deserving player for that for this player of the month award. She's she's been fantastic, and I'll, I'll continue to sing her praises throughout this season because she's just brilliant. You know, she she's so good, and I think she 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 really deserves deserves an award. She's a player that you know doesn't necessarily always get her name on the score sheet, but the things she offers elsewhere is fantastic. So no, it's brilliant that that she's won this, and I think. Between her and Beth, they were both deserving winners. But for me, Jade tops it, and I, I'm really pleased with her. Yeah, it, it was a great uh, battle, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, but I think in the end, um, you know, Jade edged it for me. Um, you know, it's not just a goals what she brings. You know, it's a, a work rate on the pitch, and I echo what what Jess has just says. Really, um, you know, it's with it could be recognised now. Um, you know, with the fans, you know, seeing what she brings to the club and, you know, and well done to Beth as well because, you know, she's just come into this club. She's come into a new dressing room, new surroundings and she's put in some great performances and, and gave Jade a real run for money in that vote as well. So, you know, credit to, to, to Beth Roberts as well. I was just going to say that, Tom, I think it shows how much Beth has contributed to this team in February that she pushed Jade all the way considering... Jade is an established name and a striker. It's a real. Usually, they get the the attention. Um, other piece of news from the club before we sort of wrap up for the end of this first half was that they announced that the game on the second of April against Huddersfield will be at the Molyneux of two o'clock kickoff. Um, lower Billy Rides and Lower North Banks, sort of stand colour stand, will be open or are open and tickets are for sale. So it'd be great to see as many Wolves fans there as possible. Um, I think it was two thousand odd for there for the, when we played Brickhouse last season. So it'd be great to sort of beat that record. I think the club by opening up the the Lower North Bank as well as the Lower Billy Rides are anticipating that. Um, Jess, it, it'll be a cracking game, won't it, to see uh, to have Huddersfield because they will be a tough tough cookie to play against. 
Yeah, definitely. We've had some really good battles against Huddersfield over the last couple of seasons. You know, some games that have had so many goals and, you know, it's been really close, you know. We've been winning at one stage, they've brought it back. So it'll be really good to see we play them at Molyneux. And I do hope that, and I have no doubt that we probably will beat that record. You know, last time it was it was midweek at night. So I'm hoping that this time, you know, two o'clock kickoff and I'm sure it, if Wolves push it, I have no doubt that they'll that they'll exceed that record. And hopefully they do, you know, the girls deserve it. And, and to be fair, credit to Huddersfield. I think they're a decent outfit and I think they always give us a good game. So yeah, no, it, it should be a really good day. I think Tom just just hit on a really important point about the, sort of the club promoting it. The club, need, you know, we're going to do this. The club needs to put a, a real amount of effort in across all their their media channels, don't they? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, no, and I'm, I'll echo what Jess had just said about that as well. I'm glad it's a, a Sunday game and not midweek because mm. um, I think the potential there on a Sunday we could sell three times the amount of what we did for that uh, midweek game at Molyneux. Um, so yeah, I think you know, Wolves do need to push it, they need to push it on the men's account, not the women's, not just the women's, it needs to be pushed on men's, it needs to be pushed on all social media. Um, you know, and there's a real opportunity there that you know, we could easily sell 10,000 tickets for this game if we, if we pushed it. Um, you know, I think the men's team are away, um, to Nottingham Forest the day before, so you know, there's no, there's no, um, no clashes there, game, there's no clash there neither. Um, so yeah, it's a perfect opportunity for Wolf to real push out and get around ten thousand in that ground, and, and that will be brilliant to make some noise for the girls, and you know, hopefully cheer them on onto victory. What I would like to see is a, a few less emails about sort of what the latest kit sales are, uh, or you know, what the latest uh, you know offers are in the mega store, and a couple more emails from the club about the women's team. We, you know. An email once a week saying what's going on for the new, or you know, certainly ahead of the home games or big games like the 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 derbies coming up, you know, wouldn't go amiss. You know, so um, nudge nudge club, you know, Wolves, let's let's start utilising your mailing list. It's not difficult. You just hit send of another email to everybody instead of having a twenty six percent off or whatever the latest offer is. Um, there you go. That's my cynical, but it, and I think the other thing about what will help with the sales and certainly for from where I am and Jess, I think you'll, you'll be able to correct me. Uh, Easter holidays, school holidays have started around then. So, you know, there's no sort of worry about school the next day for you know, parents. So if you're traveling, make a, you know, make a bit of a trip of it. If you, you know, if you are traveling from somewhere, you know, you've got school age kids, make a week, you know, stay a bit longer, go and visit the black country museum. If you are traveling from somewhere else, you know, sort of make a, utilize it as a, as a visit as well. Um, you know, there's lots to do. As well, if you could, you know, if you're down there, um, so let's let's make let's make it a bit of a party atmosphere and let's really cheer on the girls and get, as Tom says, let's see if we can get ten thousand in there. Um, but that brings us to the end of this part of the show. We'll be back after the break to discuss the Black Country derbies and a couple of the bits and pieces that have been going on in the league. Um, see you after the break. Welcome back to part two of this edition of the Wolves Women podcast. We obviously we look back at everything else that's happened, but what we actually want to look forward to is, first of all, tomorrow night, Thursday night, under the lights at the Hawthorns, and then a County Cup semi-final on Sunday against the stripey lot from down the road. Um, I, I think first things first, Jess, it's at the Hawthorns. It's the first black country derby at a main sort of club stadium. That's It's going to be a special night, isn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, despite the fact that the Hawthorns, it's, it's a huge event for, for for women's football in the Midlands, you know. And I do hope that, you know, it's not just, I'm sure there won't just be West Brom and Wolves fans there. I'm sure there'll be quite a few neutrals because, you know, it's a big game on paper, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure both clubs will be up for it. West Brom will be really wanting to, to win at, at the Hawthorns. So I'm sure, you know, both clubs, Wolves won't want to let them win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a really good game. Yeah, I think Tom, it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's it's going to be a derby. It's going to be feisty, and it's just it's special to to play at the Hawthorns, um, for or for a play at the Hawthorns all the morning. You, you know, for, but for those for the players to go out of that pitch, you know, a big stadium like that, it's going to be a really special night for them. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, black country derbies are special. Um, at the best of times. You know, but when the when the Hawthorns or you know at Molyneux at your, your main ground, um, they're extra special as well. And you know, for a Wolf side, you know, to go to the Hawthorns and 
you know, to beat them on their own pitch. It's something which, you know, we haven't seen a Wolves side do since 1996. So, yeah. you know, 26 years ago, uh, the last time a Wolves team stepped onto that pitch and won. So, you know, the girls could actually make history tomorrow as well and be the first Wolves team to go on that pitch and, and, and win a Black Country derby at, at the Pawthorns and, you know, and but make history. I mean, we, we want to see it. You know, yeah. we want to see teams, we want to, we want to beat the baggies. You know, we want to send them packing, but to do it in their, in their own backyard, it will be extra sweet. And, you know, I'm sure the girls will be up for it as well. Well, I think, yeah, you, you've stolen my thunder there, Tom. I was going to say the last time we, we, that uh, Wolves' first team beat them at their place was 1996 with Ewan Roberts getting a hat-trick and Bully getting the, a, a fourth goal. Um, I won't ask Jess how old she was cause she, at that point because it'll just make me feel even older um, than I am already. Um because I, I can I can remember just about remember that. So yeah, so um, yeah, it, it's going to be special. I mean, last time that they played at the Hawthorns, because they've got this is going to be their second. They've got a third game coming up against Burnley at the Hawthorns uh, this season. Last time out, they lost to Derby County, so that they're going to want to make sure they're winning this one. They, they're going to be really up for it to win. But I think uh, certainly looking at the you know seeing Beth Roberts's interview today, I think she understands it. And yeah, you know, there's no we don't need to ask sort of likes of Beth Merrick and, and Anna Price sort of, sort of what it means to this team, do we, Jess? No, absolutely. It will be drilled into those players that that they have to go in and, and put in a performance like to be fair, like they have for quite a few times against Albion over the last couple of seasons. They've really been up for it. You can tell every single time the fight and the desire is always there. And it's always a good game on but to be fair to both to both sets of teams. West Brom are always up for it. They've always given us a good run for our money in the first 15 minutes or so, but no, Wolves will be really up for it. And you can tell, you could tell in that interview today that, that they're really looking forward to it. And I do hope that that it all ends well tomorrow and, you know, we're, we're all smiling by the end of it, which I'm sure we will. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, West Brom's form this season has been patchy, to say the least. I mean, last they lost, uh, well, the game on Sunday was postponed away to Brighouse because of the snow um, and they lost to Feds the game before that. Um, though they did beat Feds the, the three games ago. So they've, as I said, been patchy and they're currently sitting eighth um, in the league, six points above the relegation zone. They're with games in hand over Boldmiss St. Michaels who are in the second relegation slot. So I think, Tom, they probably are safe from relegation this season, but then they've they've struggled, haven't they, this season? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I can't see them going down now. Um, I think Bolmir um, are almost certain to join Loughborough. Um, so I can't see them getting dragged into the relegation spot. But who knows? It's football. Anything can happen. Um, but yeah, their, their form hasn't been great. I think they've been hit and miss. You know, as you've just said, you know, um, they, they beat Liverpool Feds and then three games later they're going to lose to Liverpool Feds so um, yeah it's been I think this is an opportunity for us you, you know to to really put the pressure on to them um, you know take the game to them put them under the cosh you know because it's they, they, they are on out at times they can't deal with pressure um, you know it's been we've seen it before you know in previous Black Country derbies that you know if Wolves take the game to them um, you know, we get joy out of it and, you know, we get goals. So I want to see that. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure they will. You know, the girls are, are, you know, especially with Wolves fans in the team, you know, they're going to want to win. They know what it means to the city. They know what it means to the club. Um, so I'm sure they will. But yeah, I think this is the perfect opportunity, you know, put them under pressure and, and grab a few goals out there. And, you know, hopefully, you know, with quite a few Wolves fans cheering them on and making some noise in that stadium. Well, that's it, Jess, isn't it? The way, I mean, Wolves have been have been selling several seats. Oh, I've been selling a set area via the website G two three G G two G three G four G five. Um, so we'll have a dedicated sort of a way end, obviously. And I mean, I had a quick look through the sort of the the Albion sort of seats where they were selling, and we, it looks like Wolves fans are sell, outselling um, the the West Brom fans. So it could well be a home atmosphere for the Wolves. It's, you know, with the number of tickets we're selling. Yeah, to be fair, you know, the the last few times we've played them, you know, the, the Wolves fans have, have been considerably larger in size compared to the compared to the West Brom fans. You know, I think to be fair that the County Cup final they brought a few, but I think other than that, you know, when they came to us there wasn't really that many. But I do like the fact that, you know, we're we we've got our own blocks, you know, and I do think that that'll add to the atmosphere, you know. The fans will be up for it, the players will be up for it. So hopefully the atmosphere's yeah, we can build on the atmosphere of the County Cup final because I think 
for me that was one of the first games where there was there was a bit more of an atmosphere you know I could tell that you could tell the fans were were really up for it so I do I'd like to think that you know the fact that it's, it's at the Hawthorns we're in our own blocks I'd like to think that the atmosphere will be really good especially especially if there's goals and if it's a de- decent game so yeah no it should be really good and yeah, I mean, obviously, fans, if you haven't bought your tickets already, you can buy them on the day at the ticket office. So you want to make sure you're aiming for those blocks, G2, G3, G4, G5. Um, make sure you get into there and, and, you know, let's sing our hearts out and, you know, make the make the girls proud because, you know, they, they've been doing it on the pitch for us. We now need to do it up in the stands. Um, I mean, obviously, last time out, we shared the highlights on early today. We beat them 3-1 with Jade, Amber and Morph getting the, the, the goals. Um and the the celebrations were legendary with uh, Amber having that samosa in the fi- at the final with the third goal, wasn't it, Jess? Yeah, that was that was a really really good game. I think West Brom were up for it for the first half. They they tested us and then you know we brought it back. And I think second half we were a different team and and it was really good. You know the whole the samosas. I think that was brilliant. You know for Manny and you know for the club as well. The girls you could tell the girls enjoyed it and and the, the celebration pictures the day after and with the day, the following days to come up were fantastic. And, you know, you could tell that it meant a lot, you know, to, to beat West Brom, you know, in front of that many, in front of that many fans at Telford, it was fantastic. So hopefully they can build on that on tomorrow and hopefully it'll just be even better. Obviously minus the Samosas because there won't be any tomorrow, I don't think, but hopefully, hopefully they can build on that and the result and the performance. Hopefully, Manny, Manny, if you're listening, can you make sure that you deliver a box of Samosas down to behind the goal so that the girls can uh, celebrate? Um, Tom, there'll be a familiar face um, in the West Brom lineup, who obviously was with us earlier this season with Lizzie Bennett Seal having sort of departed the club early, early on. She's, I mean, she's made four appearances for West Brom and but no go- and no goals yet this season. Um, so not sure whether she'll be in the starting lineup at all. But obviously, somebody there we'll know about. Yeah, it's a player that we, we should know about. Um, you know, the players who, you know, we've trained with her for a good few months before she left. Um, and now she only joined us at the beginning of the season, didn't last long um, at Wolves. Um, so, yeah, the players will know what she's about. Um, so, if she's in the starting lineup, I think, you know, it should be pretty easy to, to, to deal with. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, sort of picking up sort of what sort of a couple of bits there in general we've just been chatting about, I think, is it important that we score first, Jess, and you know, really science their fans and sort of and calm our, and calm our nerves as well? A hundred percent. You know, I think if I remember rightly, they they scored first when they played us at Telford, mm. and they scored first in the County Cup final. And I think, I think it was pretty even before that. And then as they scored, our nerves went for about ten minutes, and I think half time came perfectly. Um, last time, I think you know, Maka turned it round, and did we get one just before the? Just before half time, yeah, penalty. Penalty. just before, yeah. And I think, I think that was it was perfect, and that was that couldn't have come at a better time. But I think scoring first is is really really important, um, because I think you know West. I've said it before. West Brom are going to be up for it, rightly so. You know, it's a game at their, at their men's stadium against Wolves. They'll want it. They'll see the fact that you know they can score first. They have scored first twice. They'll want to. They'll want to get that early goal. And I think credit to Wolves for managing to turn it around the last two seasons. But I do think it's really, really important that, that we score that and, you know, settle our nerves straight away because especially when you're playing on that pitch, you know, I think nerves could get the better of us. But I'd like to think if we get that first goal, it'll it'll calm us down and, and we can, as soon as we get one, you know, the goals do come flooding in. Mm. Uh, and Tom, is it a sort of important, I mean, you know, obviously the beat one against filed on Sunday, but that was away from home. Is it important from that the players put on a performance for the fans you know, as not apologies the wrong phrase, but to follow up from that sort of semi final defeat, you know, sort of say, you know, acknowledge the fact that it wasn't there and, you know, sort of really sort of, as I said, apologies the wrong phrase, but you know what I'm getting at, sort of, sort of re um, compensate the fans for not progressing to the final last against Watford. Yeah, I think, and I think they will, you know, I think, um, you know, the fans know what it means. I mean, players know what it means to the fans. Mm. Um, you know, they know what it means to the club, they know what it means to the city, you know, they're Wolves fans itself. You know, some some of them players on that pitch are Wolves through and through. They're Wolves season ticket holders. You know, they know what they know how it feels um, to lose in a Black Country derby. Um, you know, and I I echo you know exactly what Jess says earlier about you know we've got to get that first goal. You know, and and, and silence their crowd because it's not only that. You know, if they get that first goal, 
you know, but I've got something to hold on to. And, you know, the psychology of it all comes into play as well, as well then. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, the girls will, will, will go out there, they'll give it their all, you know, and we need the, we need the fans as well behind them. They, they need to be the 12th player um, in the stands cheering behind them. Because as I say, you know, if we start out and sell the Albion fans, it's going to be like an home game for us. So, you know, we can take advantage of that. Right for me off, get behind the girls. Hopefully, we get the lead, and you know, hopefully, you know, we'll be coming out of that stadium. As I say, with, with three massive points. Yeah, and, and picking up on something else as well that's been doing the rounds recently. There's there's some really big games on in the FA Women's National League at the minute. There was Durham versus New, or Newcastle versus Durham last night. There's Oxford are playing. I can't remember who Oxford are playing shortly, but they've got a big game. I think Oxford are playing Watford at the weekend. We're obviously playing them lot. Are these games that should be on the FA uh, player, Jess, you know, so that people, you know, sort of who aren't local or neutral can watch these games, especially where they're at, you know, stadiums like the Hawthorns and have got the facilities to broadcast from? Yeah, definitely. And I don't see why they're not, you know, if if you've got the facilities to do it, you know, Wolves have, Wolves did it at Castlecroft a couple of times, you know, just for the options, you know, we're not expecting fans to, to get the same amount of viewings as WSL games are. But if you're there, and you give people an option, especially on a Thursday night when there's there's no other women's games on. I don't think tomorrow. So you know, just to give it an option, if fans see the notification that there's that there's a Black Country derby on and they tune in, then they're you know they might see it again. And you know that's how we build on build on the attendances. You know, maybe not just not just in person, but building on the TV TV appearances. You know, because I think it was fantastic the playoff final that they put that on TV and so many people watched that. Neutrals, not just not just fans. And I think you know putting it on the FA player. I don't. You know, people question whether televising it makes people want to watch it at home rather than go to the games. But I think putting it, putting it on the FA player is much more likely for for nationally people to watch it as neutrals. And I think it would it would only have positive effects rather than negative that a couple of times this season we thought televising it might do. And especially you know this time of the season, it, it's getting it's getting quite hot now, and there's quite a few teams you know in and around it that that could that could take the title, especially you know with the playoff in mind in the, in the next few months. So, you know, definitely, I completely agree. Not just in our league, but in the Southern League as well. Yeah, Tom, I mean, it would be great to be able to have watched a, a Watford game beforehand or, you know, sort of, or even now sort of watching a Watford playing Ipswich or, or you know, Portsmouth playing a, a somebody, wouldn't it? It'd be really good to see some of those games just so you get a bit of understanding of what's going on in Southern League as well and, and the, the other leagues around the, the Durham-Newcastle game that's real sort of six-pointer at the title, you know, title rivals there and a derby. It would have been great to have had that on the FA player, wouldn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, I think that's where, you know, it was another opportunity how, how we grow the game. And, you know, and I would put the WSL on there, we put championship. So why not us? You know, why not the FAWNL? We always seem to get left behind. Mm. Um, when it comes to stuff like that. So I think, you know, the FA and the leagues need to sit down next season and possibly discuss, you know, uh, putting teams like us on the FA um, player. I think, you know, um, Jess just brought it up there, maybe it might affect the attendance, but I think the, the pros of putting it on the um, FA player outweigh the cons, um, you know, because if it's on the FA player and, you know, people who are probably don't watch women's football and may see it and may think, oh, that was a good pub, I want to go and see him. And, you know, it, that's the way we grow our attendance as well. So, you know, not only in social media, but things like that will grow our grow our attendances at games. So you can only take the game forward and uh, hopefully, you know, at the end of the season, there'll be some kind of discussions and, you know, we'll see the FA, WNL on, the FA player or maybe Sky or someone. I mean, I've, yeah, I agree. And I think it's you're more likely to find the neutrals will watch it on the FA player. Yeah, as well. So yeah, I, I would have tuned in to watch had Newcastle versus Durham on last night, and you know to have a, just to sit. I wouldn't travel up to go and watch it if I was local. I would might have gone to watch it because it's a bit of a humdinger of a you know a local derby. You know, I wouldn't have travelled for it, but I'd have put it onto the FA player because I can watch it and see what's going on and understand. Especially with you know team both teams like Newcastle and Durham both possibly coming into our league, it would have been great to see how they're performing, what it looks like standard football wise. Um, so I think it's something that the league really should be looking at. Anyway, moving on to the County Cup semi final on Sunday, it is at Headersford Headersford Town's ground. Um, we've said everything we need to say about you know yes, it's not at the Hawthorns, but everything we just said about playing West Brom. It stands again, doesn't it, Jess? It's county. It's a semi-final this time rather than being at the Hawthorne, so it's it's still just as important. Yeah, of course it is, and I think 
it's another occasion that the girls will want to be up for you know we've got the we've got the title now we want to keep that we don't want to we don't want to let West Brom get into the final over us I think the girls would be I'd be really disappointed by that but I think you know I also don't think that the excitement of the game tomorrow will will affect Sunday I think they'll still be raring to go and you know it's a different occasion they're ready to fight for different reasons you know so I think it should be really good on Sunday and I hope that you know, I'm sure the girls will be ready just as much as they are, just as much as they are tomorrow. But I really hope that, you know, it's another place booked in the final for us because it's you know, especially now we're not in the League Cup, it's it's nice to to try and get our hands on some on some silverware in the cup. No, definitely. and Tom, it'll be Starbridge or Burton will face in the uh in the other you know, or the winners will face Starbridge or Burton from the which is the other semi final. It that's gonna be a, a good tight game as well, isn't it, between Starbridge and Burton? Yeah, it is. You know, I think that, you know, Stourbridge have, have done great this season. Um, you know, they've built something special there. Um, you know, at the top of their league and, and we're looking to get into our league and, you know, we look a strong outfit. And so, you know, I I personally think that, you know, it'll be Stourbridge who get to the final. I think they'll have a bit too much um for Burton. Um and hopefully, you know, it is a is a Wolves Stourbridge. Um, final, I think it will be, and I think you know that'll be a tougher, a tougher test than what we'll face in the semi final. I have to say, I agree with you there, Tom. Um, Jess, are you at a Starbridge Wolves final with uh, this tougher test being the Starbridge over than West Brom? Yeah, definitely. I agree with what Tom just said. Starbridge have built something special, and I think I think we'll see them in our league next season. So, yeah, I think it'd be really good to play them in, in the final, and I, I agree, I think they'll be up for it. And, I'm sure they'll be enjoying to face us. You know, there's so many ex-Wolves players within their team. So it'll be good, you know, if, if it is Wolves Starbridge in the final. I think it'll be nice a nice final to play. Yeah, and, and talking of ex-Wolves players, friend of the show, Lindsay Glover, has scored tonight, uh, scored the opening goal for, that, for Starbridge tonight as they're beating... Where I want to say when, yeah, yeah, just nodding at me when, um, so yeah, so it's uh, yeah, we'll we'll see them and and yeah, we'll welcome them and and a, a rumor I hear is that there might well be a few Starbridge players coming to spy on the on the on this this game on Thursday night as well. So do keep your eye out for them and do say hello to them, ask them for their autographs as well. They're yeah, they're a good bunch. Um, moving on to something else that sort of picked up, um. Stoke, oh, well, it was International Women's Day um, last week, and Stoke and Derby both made big announcements. Um, Stoke, well, Derby's was that we'll start with there because it was the easier one, becoming part of the main club rather than part of the sort of foundation, sort of arm's length, and there's going to be more investment in the pathway. Um, Stoke have announced that they're going semi-pro. I mean, first of all, Jess, this is great news for women's football in the West or in the Midlands, and you know, as a whole, isn't it? Absolutely, for so many years it was it was just Blues, Blues and Villa really. Blue Villa have kind of overtook Blues now, but you know the fact that you add in Derby and Stoke into the mix now, it's fantastic. Just just for women's football in general, and for the, for the Midlands, it improves it improves the pathway. You know, there's so many girls that this will benefit across the Midlands, and I'm sure I'm sure it'll really help to improve senior football um in the Midlands. And you know, how strong will that Northern Division be when when we've got all those teams, you know, playing really strong teams playing in there? It'll be fantastic. And you know, if Blues get Somehow Blues managed to end up there in a few years too. There'll be so it will almost be Midlands, Midlands taking over. But no, it'll be really good. You know, there's so many teams that that have done this so far, and you know, for it to be two Midlands teams is fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose the question, Tom, is what does semi-pro mean? I think we we saw when we were playing Watford that they were paying some of their players to play and paying a reasonable amount of money for their players to play there. So I think that's probably what we'll be looking at, wouldn't it? But semi-pro could be anything, realistically, could mean anything. Yeah, you know, um, most fans um, associate semi-pro with obviously paying players, starting to play the coaching team or something like that. But, you know, you don't know. I mean, um, obviously they've, they've announced this at the early stages, so... Um, we'll probably see more about what their plan is during the summertime. I think, you know, it's near enough the end of the season now. Um, so I don't know, maybe they're going to start bringing in analytics or, you know, maybe start paying the coaches. It'll be something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I can't see them, you know, going all out as just starting to pay loads of players all at once because I don't think that will work. Yeah, I mean, just they said in the press release about it that they've been working on this for some time. Um, 
the cynic in me says if they've been working on this for some time and they knew that Beth Roberts had been approached by Wolves, wouldn't you sit down with one of your best players and explain to her what the plan is and therefore why it would be good for her to stay with them rather than leave for Wolves? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you've got a youth international in your team, fantastic player that, that's being poached by other teams, why wouldn't you try and explain this? You know, it was literally a matter of weeks later that they've announced it. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what the semi-professional comes of it and see what, what actually changes at Stoke. But I think it, it's good for them as a whole, but it does it does make me question, was Beth aware that, that it was going on and was Wolves just, just so much better and such a good fit for her or... Or was she not aware and was it something that's that's quite new and quite fresh and not really not not thought through but not not necessarily really ready to go and particularly we might not see it all happen this side of this side of the um end of the season. But whatever it is, I'm sure it'll be really good and you know, Beth's doing really well at our club, so hopefully, you know, that'll continue and Stoke I'm sure Stoke will do really well, but it'll be good to see what actually comes of it. Yeah, and I'm now trying to remember who it was that also left Stoke recently to join Posh. Um, Ex-Forest striker who scored against, yeah, Rose, yeah, Rosie Axon, yeah, left at the same sort of time to join Posh as well. Dropped down a division and, it's, yeah, cynic in me thinks it's, there's more to it than that. But, but hey, I think, Tom, the big question is, what does this mean now for Wolves? Um we were obviously head and shoulders above our immediate rivals for some time, but Forest are investing a lot of money. Burnley are obviously investing money. They've got players, they're paying players. If Stoke and Derby are stepping up their investment, Wolves, something needs to happen at Wolves, doesn't it? Yeah, um, you know, without a doubt, I think, you know, we spoke about it before, um, you know, that every season there seems to be another team what's taking that step. Um, in becoming semi-professional and it's almost like, you know, we're going to be left behind and, um, you know, we don't want to see that. You know, we, we've done great these last few years to get where we are, you know, from tier three to winning the league last year and now we're pushing again this year uh, and we don't want to get left behind, you know, because, and I think in the summer, Wolves need to have serious talks, sit down and whether they want to go semi-pro because I think, you know, with others around us, you know, Stoke, I believe it when I see it with them. Um, but, you know, especially with, you know, Derby, you know, they're pushing up now, you know, we've seen it with Forest, you know, we've got to look how well they've done, you know, Watford, you know, in the other league. So we are being left behind. Um, so, you know, there needs to be serious discussions and hopefully, you know, they decide to go and take that first step and, you know, get the ball rolling because, you know, otherwise we're just going to left, left, get left behind and we ultimately, you know, we, we might be stuck in this league. Go on, Jess. Yeah, I think part of me questions whether some of the things have been going on behind the scenes and we just aren't aware, you know, not necessarily becoming semi-professional, but maybe there are developments behind the scenes that they're not necessarily publicising. But I think, you know, we're seeing now, just now, Derby becoming a part of their men's team. I think it does speak volumes for how far ahead Wolves were, you know. The fact that the the players are getting help from the med the, the senior team's medical staff, the fact that we're training training in the men's facilities, it does prove that that Wolves have been really, really have done really well the last few seasons. And maybe it is something that that's been going on and we're just not aware of it. But if if that is the case then I'd like to I'd like to think they'd like to, you know, in line with the other announcements, they'd like to to follow suit just to, you know, just to say, look, we are we are doing this and we're not we're not like forgetting about our women's team or whatever, but I think, I think it's a credit to those teams for actually, you know, for doing something. You know, Stoke and Derby are, are much smaller clubs than Wolves are in terms of position in the men's league. So, I'd like to see Wolves make some kind of announcement in the future just to say we are going to start doing this, or look, we have actually been doing this for the last few months. But whatever it is, I'm sure Wolves Wolves will know that they that they need to improve, and I'm sure they will. You know, not just because not just because teams have done it, but I'm sure the women's team's plan is is going to continue for many seasons to come. You know, I'm sure they want to be in WSL within a matter of a matter of years and I'm sure that's what they want to aim for. No, definitely. I mean I think, you know, sort of the key point there, Jess, you made is about communication. Um we need to ha- see more uh open communication from the club to 
the fans, you know, the fans are interested, you know, that, you know, let's be really simplistic about it. The second season of a pod, we're one of the few clubs at this level that has a dedicated women's football, you know, women's podcast to it. Um, you know, let's, there is interest in this team. Let's see some more, um, you know, more, more engagement with um, the, the fan base on what's going on with the club. Um, but talking about sort of the division next season, assuming it, Newcastle do come up, they're going to be throwing money at it. If Forest or Burnley, if one of those two doesn't go up or, or both those two don't go up, then that's three clubs that are going to be really strong in this division. If Stoke are investing, you'll probably see Cov United, probably Cov United, if they, assuming they come down, will probably end up in the Southern League. But yeah, it's going to be a really strong division next season, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, um, without a doubt, you know, especially if, you know, Forest and Matt don't go, because I think, you know, we've seen that Forest uh, have been strong this season. Um, you know, you've seen, like, if Stoke um, do inject money into it, obviously, in my personal view, I think that they've just been forced into this, um, you know, with the recent backlash that they've had on social media. Um, so I think they've been forced into it. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it's good. As I say, last year, um, if you compare last season in, in our league to this season, it's much stronger, isn't it, between yeah. the two? And it, and it's going to be the same next season. You know, teams are going to be improving. Um, teams will bring in new players in the summer, and it's going to make this league one of the hardest leagues um, to get out of. And and hopefully, you know, we do scrap the playoff. And you know, if you win your league, you go up. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to, both teams, both leagues, Southern and Northern, are going to be. Tougher than 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 they are this year, and it's only expected, you know. And that's what we want to see. You know, we want to see these divisions get tougher. And you know, I personally, I would like to see expansions happen. But you know, how well that's a total different issue. But yeah, I think that it will be a much tougher test next season than it is this. And just talking about things, you know, sort of teams putting stuff in for it for next season. We saw that Fylde uh, announced the recruitment for their new permanent manager. Um, uh, the advert raised a few eyebrows, certainly among us as a group, where, you know, 28 hours a week, 15K a year, wanting a, a UEFA licensed uh, coach. It, it, it was a bit of a... a, a going to be interesting to see who they get, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, if you're wanting an A license and you're only offering that amount of money and you need that amount of time, I think it's a little bit unrealistic. And I think, you know, it is decent to see that, that they, they're wanting to pay their staff, but... I question how many people will go forward for that with an A licence and needing to do that many hours a week on that wage. You know, it's almost like, can they can they afford the time to do that with another job? And I don't think anyone will go for that on that wage just as that just as their 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 predominant job. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, it, it was a it was an an interesting thing that that we saw. But you know, I think it, if other teams have started to improve, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll start to follow soon and I'm sure that wage will start to go up, but it'll be interesting to see what does happen with that. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, well, £10.15 an hour, basically minimum yeah, minimum wage. And and too many hours that you can't realistically get another job in, not certainly paying substantial hours, but hey, that's their problem. Um, it, This sort of whole conversation does lead on to two questions we had from Luke Parsons. Um, first one, I'd just like a, a sort of immediate one-word answer and then a sense about why. I'll ask you, you know, to both of you. Um, do you think Wolves will still get promoted this season, Jess? Yes, no, and then why? Um, mm, no. Why? Go on. I think, obviously, we'd all like to hope that, but I think Forest have been really done really well and I think realistically we need we need results to go our way and we need to win every single game now and then and then we've still got to face the playoff whoever whoever that may be I think the Southern Division have got some really strong teams and I think for me there's too many hurdles we've got to jump over but you know it it can still happen and I do hope that I'm wrong and you know I do hope you'll hold me to this when, when I get it wrong at the end of the season and, and we do get promoted but for me there's just it's just one too many things that that could get in our play, could get in our way. But, you know, I do really hope I'm wrong. Tom, one word answer, yes or no? And then why? Yes, I'm going to go yes. Um, listen, um, Forest looks strong at the minute. You know, they do. You know, they put 10 in at the weekend um, mm. and they seem to be running away with it. But that being said, you know, they haven't got, an easy running, they've got to face Burnley, just like we have. 
And, you know, if they slip up against Burnley, Tony takes one slip up in football. We all know that, you know, as much as they look strong at the minute, you know, anything can happen in football. And I think, you know, the way, the way we've been performing recently, other than the Watford game, um, I think we'll be there and waiting for when they do slip up or if they do slip up. So, you know, I, I don't think we're, we're out of it. I really don't. I think, you know, we win our game and is it two two points two difference? Points, yeah. Two points behind. I know they've got experience because if they lose to Burnley and we beat Burnley, then it's game back on, yeah. you know, and, and we, we could still possibly do it. And, and you know, I, I would like to think we could. So, yeah, I, there's no reason why we can't. But, you know, if we, as I say, we've got to rely on the opposite Oppositions to drop points. I, I think you both hit the nail on the head on there, both sides of the coin. Um, I, I, I'll just summarise it. If if we don't get promoted, it'll be filed. It will be my one word answer on that. And if we get promoted, or at least if we win the league, you know, part of the promotion of the playoff, it'll be Burnley. Those are the, that's going to be two crucial games, whichever way we go, because I think you know everything else we've done it. Um, next, sort of the second part of the question, um, and again, it'll be short, sweet answers, but I think we touched on it as well. If we don't get promoted, what steps do Wolves have to take in this summer to secure promotion in the future? I, I mean, I think I'd caveat that, of course, is that we've got one, play- yeah, I don't see there not being a playoff game next summer. Um, so I think it's rather than secure promotion, secure the league title again. Um, what do we need to do? Um, Jess, go on, you can go first again. I think we need to continue to build on on what they've done. I think it's been fantastic what they've done over the last couple of seasons, but we need to start building on that. We need to start taking chances with getting taking points off, off the top three, top four teams that, that we're going to be there or thereabouts. And I think we did it last season, so there's no saying that we can't do it. Can't do it this season, you know, with a couple of new additions. I, I really do hope that if it isn't to be this season, then it will be next. Tom, what if Wolves don't get promoted this season... What will, what do we need to do over the summer? I think it's the same as what we did last summer. I think, you know, recruit well, um, recruit in the areas where, you know, need strengthening. Um, I think, you know, if we need to keep hold of the likes of Amber, um, you know, who and Beth, who, who are crucial to this team. You've got to keep keep the core of a team together. Um, the likes of Tammy and Summer, you know, they they've been brilliant. So you need to try and keep hold of them. Um, maybe as we've said previously in the summer, maybe discuss about where they go. Um, you know, whether they take that step to become semi pro, whether they, you know, want to start playing, playing managing team or you know, bringing in some extra people to help with analytics, stuff like that. But you know, I think that's a step what, what we'll be looking at. But ultimately, just recruit well, recruit well, and you know, as I say, hopefully, you know, we won't have this playoff. So, you know, um, hopefully, you know we can secure the, the title next season and, um, you know, hopefully we'll be in the championship in, with the next year. Hopefully we do it this season, but if we don't, hopefully next season will be will be an opportunity for us to, to get into tier two. Yeah, I think for me, I think the one thing that will definitely help us is we'll be more settled and accustomed to being at, at the new book's head. And I think with four at the back, at the new book's head, playing their, you know, second season there, I think that's going to be a huge benefit to us. Um I think we've covered a lot uh, and that does bring us to the end of this pod. Um, Tom, anything from, else from yourself that we've missed? No, I just want to say good luck, girls, and, and get them bragging rights in both games and come on the wolves. Jess, anything from yourself? No, just if you haven't already, make sure you get down there tomorrow. You know, there's still tickets that you can get tomorrow, so get there and cheer the girls on. And I'm sure it'll be a fantastic week of football for us. Yeah, I, I echo what both Jess and Tom have said there. Do see you know, see you all down there. Let's make it loud. Let's make it all gold and black. Let's make the black country ours again for the rest of this season. Um, do follow us on social media. Do follow us, uh, you know, sort of uh, on all those things. Do give us a five-star review, um, as in five goals for Wolves, none for the Albion. Uh, and we'll see you after the games. Cheers, guys. Up the Wolves.